Before we jump into the content of this episode, I kind of feel it's important that I introduce myself. Now, many of you have been around a long time. You're well familiar with my voice and with Leading Saints as an organization. But if you're not, well, my name is Kurt Frankham, and I am the executive director of Leading Saints and the podcast host. Now, Leading Saints is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. And we do that through, well, content creation like this podcast and many other resources at leadingsaints.org. And uh, we don't act like we have all the answers or know exactly what a leader should do or not do, but we like to explore the concepts of leadership, the science of leadership, what people are researching about leadership, and see how we can apply them to a Latter-day Saint world. So here we go. Hey everyone, this is Kurt Frankum from Leading Saints, and let me tell you, we're going to try something a little bit different this week, and let me give you some background to understand that. You see, recently we had a phenomenal Leading Saints women's retreat that was a huge success. Everybody who attended loved it. Deanna Murphy, who is a podcast favorite, was one of the speakers at the retreat, and everyone was so energized by her presentation there that they wanted to know, what's the next step? Deanna, what more could we do? So she suggested that we put on what she typically does with uh, corporate leaders across the world, but we do one focused on the Leading Saints audience. This is a high-intensive online experience, but almost like a retreat experience. So over several weeks, I think about seven weeks, for two hours, Deanna Murphy's guiding individuals through a intensive self-leadership experience. Again, this is the type of thing she does with uh, corporate leaders across the world, and she's going to make it very specific for the Leading Saints audience. A really fun opportunity, especially because Deanna Murphy's been so popular on the Leading Saints podcast. So what you're about to hear is one of three episodes that are going to drop this week. They're shorter episodes, and she's just going to start introducing some of the concepts that she's going to be talking about in this self-leadership extensive experience. There's a link uh, in the show notes for you to go and see all the details. The link is leadingsaints.org slash Murphy. Try to make it as simple as possible. Again, that's leadingsaints.org slash Murphy. And this is going to start November 1st, 2022. So don't have a ton of time to consider this and sign up, but jump in and be a part of this self-leadership experience led and facilitated by everyone's favorite, Deanna Murphy. So let's jump into this short episode where Deanna and I talk through a few concepts related to self-leadership. You know, that moment, that awareness activates agency, that was a bombshell moment for me of during the, the retreat. There's so much truth in that and, and it's so applicable to leadership. And I just think back to, you know, even the Adam and Eve in the garden, right? You, you consider the awareness of Eve, right? She could not make that decision until she was fully aware of what it meant for their future, for every dynamic of their life, right? And because she worked towards becoming more aware she would then could have could activate her agency. And, you know, I think wow. in leadership, you know, I, I talk a lot about this with mm-hmm. like one of the paramount attributes of a, of a good leader, in my opinion, is having self-awareness. You know, <laughs> what lenses are am I wearing? You know, it's okay to wear lenses, just be aware of what they are. And then what lenses are others wearing? And I think sometimes we hear this mm-hmm. awareness concept and we, and we like think, okay, I go into my brain, I got to find that awareness switch. I just got to flip it so I don't be aware. But when you say it's it's definitely a skill set that you have to self-develop. There's intentionality. I love I love where you're looking because 
I'm actually thinking when you were talking, Kurt, do you remember there was this moment for all of you who weren't there at the retreat where we had each person found a partner and they went back to back. And Mm -hmm. part of one of the things we have them do is we have them hold out your hands. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not driving, uh, just hold out your hands and notice at what point you can't see your hands anymore. So where your peripheral vision ends. And it was interesting as they were back to back. What's amazing to me is your peripheral vision ends almost at the same place your partner's does. So as you're back to back, you have a full 360 degree perspective. And I think self-awareness is like this. Like everybody's got a blind spot. And if you think about a problem or situation that you're in as a 360 degree circle and you're smack in the middle of it, there's a way that your strengths actually form a contact lens over your eye. And no one has all of the strengths, which would give you a full 360 degree perspective. You have the strengths that are in front of you that you use a lot. And then you've got your sort of secondary strengths. And then it kind of drops off. Yeah. And that's why what you were describing about Adam and Eve, it's kind of a, amazing. I never considered it that way, Kurt, because it's almost like Adam and Eve were back to back. And Eve was looking at the situation one way and Adam's looking at it the other. And they're both talking to each other about what they're seeing. He's like, yeah. well, don't you want to obey all of God's laws? Well, of course I do. And Adam, <laughs> here's another perspective. And there's a way that between them, yeah. they could see more and make a wiser decision. And self-awareness is a bit like that. And there is something about, we'd like to be able to say, well, I want to become self-aware my, by myself. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, Kurt, as we're just thinking about the 360 degree, I can see over your shoulder, you can see over mine. Mm-hmm. And when we stay in these conversations, like a peer group conversation or breakout conversations, and we listen to each other, we reflect back, we see more, we hear more, you help me see more, I help you see more, we get more self-aware because we listen to each other, feed it back. And it provides an increased insight. It's DNC 43. It's that place of the scripture calls it instruct and edify. I think it's really about share and edify. Share what you see. Share what you see. Then the spirit teaches us new things and we reflect it back. All of a sudden now, my awareness of myself increases because I heard you and I listened to you and you reflected back something to me that caused me to see something new. That's why we created these virtual groups with peer coaching, with breakout sessions, with the opportunity to integrate during COVID when we were all so disconnected, we had to find a way to stop the breakdown and help people feel integrated and experience what I like to call confident vulnerability. It's the confidence of standing in who you are that awakens your ability to be okay with what you're not. Yeah. To assume that you're going to hold me without judgment as I hold you without judgment as we stay open to each other in appreciative curiosity. That's a powerful skill to develop. It's tricky, yeah. but it's powerful when we get oh, it. Oh man, it's so powerful. And I just go back to agency that, you know, agency in our faith tradition is such a foundational doctrine. You know, we always come back to it and tout it. And just putting in that frame of that, you can't even begin to use agency without awareness. Like awareness is <laughs> going true. to activate that. That's then true. it's sort of like, that's where it put me like on my heels a little bit. I thought, wow, like that is why awareness and seeking self-awareness is so important because I can't use this gift that God's given me of agency until I do that. You know what I'm thinking about? There was a picture come to mind when you were talking, Kurt. It's actually an image that we use in one of our videos, and it's the iceberg. You know, you've seen the iceberg picture right before. The tip of the iceberg, here here it is about like this big above the water. And down below, it's It's like, well, it's it's huge below. And you think about like the Titanic that hits this iceberg. It's what's below the water that sunk the Titanic. And it was just these little holes, seven little holes that sunk that great big massive ship. I I think it's you and I 
we get sunk by the things that are beneath the surface of our consciousness. And we get triggered into these responses of frustration. And you should, you should do it like this. You should understand this. You should think like this. And we don't realize how the shoulds block our ability to integrate, connect, to find unity. And part of one of the things that we actively teach as a skill in self-leadership is what we call strategic interdependence. Mm. How do I strategically help my puzzle piece to find fit with you if you're completely different from me? What do I have to be aware of about myself, about what I bring, about what I need? What do I have to understand about you and what you bring and what you need so that we can slide our puzzle pieces together and be in a presidency together for a while or be in a marriage or have these children or in-laws that come to our family that we didn't necessarily choose them, but they're now in our family. We've got a blend and it's, it's tricky. And the more we can see how to do that, wow, it expands our agency. And as we expand our agency, we expand our influence, right? Yes. Wow. These are so, such profound and fascinating concepts that uh, obviously, you know, again, this is a great example that we can't just rely on individuals listening to this podcast and they're not going to say, oh, I got it. Yep. I'll go do that, Deanna. You know, I, no problem. Yeah. You know, these are, these take work and yeah, digest them and work through them and, and whatnot. So talk to me about the concept of, of strengths and weaknesses. I know you're use a lot of, you know, like you've already mentioned this focus on strength and weaknesses and we often in our faith traditions, like I get called to a specific calling, you think, oh, this, this isn't really my strength and I'm not a good teacher or I don't, I don't lead well or whatever it is. And we sort of default that this is just who I am and, and I don't know what to do with it. And so where, where do we begin with understanding strengths and weaknesses? Oh, there's so much. This is really near and dear to my heart, Kurt. It's kind of you to ask that because I have such strong feelings about it. Here's the first thing I feel an urge to say to our listeners today. Number one, are you ready? I'm ready. Talents travel. Oh, wow. You're like, wait, wait, what? Talents travel. Okay. So let's recognize that the great council in heaven was at least 6,000 years ago. Pretty sure that that was the case because Adam and Eve thought it was about 6,000 years ago, right? There's this way, Kurt, that somehow we had an awareness that we weren't going to be among Adam and Eve's first children. Uh-huh. We probably weren't going to come to Abraham and we weren't going to come to Moses and we weren't even going to be there at the time of the Savior. We're going to be here at this winding up scene. It means we've got 6,000 years with some awareness of this is why you get to go to earth. Here's your purpose. Just like the Savior knew his mission, I think we had some awareness of ours. I think we got to counsel with Father. I think we had these sweet moments with the Savior where we had some awareness, here's the mission. Now, Kurt, if you have 6,000 years to plan, 6,000 years to develop your toolkit, you think you might be a little intentional as a disciple of the Savior who loved him and said, of course, I want to come to earth and I'd love to be there at the winding up scene. Yeah, I don't yeah so. probably. Exactly. Yeah. So here's my point. You have this divine mission and it's sacred and it's special and it's amazing. And it didn't just spring into existence. This was something you counsel with the Savior before you came. And just like we learned, the principle of intelligence rises with us. And strengths are like, each of your strengths is like a unique kind of intelligence. Some strengths have this intelligence of the heart. Like they walk into a room, they can look at people's eyes, and they can feel what's going on without words. Now, that's pretty amazing. There are others that the talent is the talent to listen, 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 and then synthesize something really simple of all these complex things That's a talent too. 
These are talents that you practice before you came here. They're talents that allow you to do the work that you've been sent to do, but also to overcome the challenges that get in your way of doing the work that you've been sent to do. So there's something about knowing you already have these divine gifts. They're there. I believe one of the things to name that I, in my discovery and study of strengths and weaknesses, which I've now been doing for over two decades pretty seriously, mm-hmm. is to look at how adversity shapes our strengths. It's kind of like, if I could give you a comparison, Kurt, I think our strengths are like diamonds. They're unique and precious. In fact, uh, in the, one, of the, one of the strengths assessments, I helped to create a strengths assessment. I became a real, I was on Gallup's advisory panels and worked with Clifton Strengths for a number of years and then ended up becoming part of a research team that built a strengths assessment. And what's really interesting, if you stop and you look at what is the likelihood that you, Kurt, would have the same top seven strengths as anyone else on the planet? So from a probability standpoint, the likelihood that you, Kurt, have the same top seven strengths as someone else on the planet. You ready for this? Yeah. One in 10.3 billion. Wow. So like your strengths really are unique. Yeah. And one of the things that happens is, again, our biggest weaknesses are actually not our blind spot. Like we say, well, I'm not a good teacher or I'm not strong there. I want to say, well, you've got these seven strengths that everybody has seven strengths that they're strong at. And then the older you get, you've got six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Like you've got these peripheral strengths that you can call in if the situation warrants it. Most people are able to access about 15 strengths. And if you get really strong at becoming aware of what they are, you can situationally bring them in and then just put them back into place. The strengths are diametrically opposed in the way that they're looking. So it's almost impossible to hold more than five or six or seven at a time because these our strengths actually fight with each other. Like All you have to do to think about that is think about the times, Kurt, where your task list was really big and you felt the pressure to get stuff done, but then you're a dad and you're a husband and you're a bishop and here's these people who need this stuff, but you've got this things to do list. And how do you stop and pay attention to be present with someone when the things to do list is kind of, you got to get it done, got to get it done. So there's this way of learning how to balance out those strengths and weaknesses. And part of self-leadership is if I can have recognition of what they are, number one, And then I can see how do they combine together to help me achieve a unique and sacred purpose. Number two, what is that unique and sacred purpose they they position me for? Number three, that becomes important. How do I notice when my strengths are flipping into weakness and stop it? Because it's really natural. So if you have strong task-oriented strengths, Kurt, when that task relationship balance starts to get threatened, guess what you're going to do? You'll go to your things to-do list and forget about people. And so if you have an awareness of that conflict, one, you can notice it faster and then you can, you can actually have a strategy. We teach people that in self-leadership, we're trying to help you not just become aware, we're trying to help you become proactively aware. So think about a continuum. It starts out with unaware, like I don't know what triggers my strengths into weaknesses. What do my strengths need to be their best? What are my strongest strengths and how do they help me with my divine purpose? Some people are completely unaware of that. And part of what the, the process of self in self-leadership that we help people move towards awareness is to first become reactively aware. Reactively aware says, let's go back and look at the situations when you were strong. What helped you do it? What were some of your patterns? What were your ways of being? What were the things you did? And then we start to put words to that and we, we label their strengths. So now I'm reactively aware that, oh my gosh, this, this, and this really helped me back there. And we also help people get reactive awareness of when did your strength flip into a weakness? What was the trigger? What caused it? What did you need? What happened when you did it? From there, you can, be, you can move into awareness. And what that means, Kurt, is that in the moment, 
you start to notice my energy's dropping. I'm getting frustrated. I'm checking out right now. I don't feel so engaged anymore. So you can see it happening. How do I use my strengths right now? In the moment, that's that awareness. With self-leadership, we go one step further. You can anticipate that you're going to get triggered today. You can anticipate that there are ways that you can make a difference today. And you can have a plan in advance for how will I activate my strengths to be in service of others? How will I activate my strengths to manage my triggers and frustration? So we help people in self-leadership move from unaware to reactively aware to aware to proactively aware. Now my agency is in full play because I'm planning in advance for how to mitigate my weakness, even prevent it and respond when frustration comes so I don't get stuck in a negative swirl that just leaves me round and round and round. At least for me, Kurt, I could say that there have been periods of my life that almost went for years because of the stories I was telling in my head and I didn't know how to get out of that negative swirl. And self-leadership is the key to getting out. I have to know how to lead myself out. How do I become self-reliant enough on the strengths that are inside of me to reach up and use those strengths, partner with the Savior to access grace and begin to move forward to operate from higher energy and performance? Yeah. And to determine strengths, I mean, there's some different tests like the, the strength finder that, that you utilize, right, to, to at least name what these, these probable strengths are, right? So Clifton Strength Finder is one tool. The tool that we use in self-leadership is called Strengths Multiplier. Oh, okay. And the reason that we use Strengths Multiplier is because it's focused on strengths use, not just naming them, but how do I use them? Gotcha. And so we use Strengths Multiplier. I think a strengths tool is useful. I also love the use of a tool called Appreciative Inquiry, and it's the discovery of success patterns. What are my success patterns? How have I used my success patterns in the past? Where and how will they fit in my present or future circumstances with some minor adaptation? Because sometimes the success in one situation doesn't necessarily translate. It's not always Mm -hmm. one-to-one. But knowing what my success patterns are can help me to be intentional about bringing those success patterns and creating new success. Right. So it's both and that that there's qualitative and quantitative strengths evaluation. Again, that's why the peer discussion groups, the breakout sessions become important because that's that qualitative element of starting to identify success patterns that may be unique to me that reflect my strengths in action. But it's a qualitative evaluation rather than a go take an assessment and have it spit out a piece of paper to tell you what you are. All right, that concludes this short episode where Deanna Murphy and I discuss some self-leadership principles, which are going to be discussed in depth at this upcoming intensive experience that she's putting on starting November 1st. Again, you go to leadingsaints.org slash Murphy to get all the details and to uh, grab a spot and look for those other episodes that are dropping this week. There there should be three total that we drop and uh, that's get more information about some of the the concepts. But again, leadingsaints.org slash Murphy. Join us starting November 1st, 2022. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership. 
from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.